0: Everyone, welcome back to Pour Over the Pages podcast. My name is Ashley, and I'm Braden. And if this is your first time joining us, we are an amazing podcast. So amazing! We discuss books and we review a new craft beer every episode. And this week, we are diving into the fantastical world of Franz Kafka. But before we get started with that. We need to do our beginning things.
1: Okay, let's start with what we're drinking today. Ashley, what are you drinking today?
0: Today I'm drinking Sunblink Berry Sour from Cannery Brewing in Penticton, BC. Nice. Yeah, I think so.
1: Back with the sours. I love it. But here's yeah. a twist this week I'm not drinking bubbly.
0: <gasps> oh my god what
1: that's actually brain's prepared. and it's not fantastic. an ipa
0: <gasps> <laughs> what did
1: you just say that's right not an ipa it's called omnipola which i am i know for a fact i am mispronouncing the beer is called bianca and it is a flavored strong beer the flavor though is blueberry maple pancake and it's a sour ale. How epic does that sound?
0: That's fantastic. And what brewery is it from as well?
1: Omnipolo.
0: Oh, sorry. Come <laughs> <Jesus>. on, <Ashley. laughs> I thought that was, but uh, where is the brewery is what I'm meaning to ask. Uh, it's, it's,
1: it's a product of Canada. It's brewed Something. and canned by Omnipolo in Toronto, Ontario. Ah. But I feel like it's Swedish like, like it's, its distributed in China. yeah like I feel like it's like actually just like like it maybe just like it's like in but I don't know though I'm not sure it doesn't say anything like that but I'm just going off of a YouTube video I watched like literally like 20 minutes ago um so I could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> fair enough anyway shall okay. we shall we open our drinks
0: we shall
1: three two one click clack Ah. oh yeah virtual cheers
0: cheers I'm pouring mine into a glass oh. this week
1: oh yeah I gotta do that please hold <laughs> I'm back with a cup because I never forgot it initially Ooh, it's dark it's like a dark purple mine too no freaking way yeah yours looks like poo brown
0: excusez-moi okay (laughs) it is the same shade as yours
1: (laughs) it's just your light then
0: yeah it's my ambiance it's affecting the shade (laughs) wow initial impressions please share with us Uh,
1: it's a lot Uh, but we'll get to that at the end of the episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so tell us about what you're currently reading
1: uh right now i am currently reading our book of the month for this month the bedlam stacks but i don't want to talk about it so i will talk about a manga that i am reading currently called a man and his cat by umi sakurai and it's literally about what the title is called it's about a man a widowed man Where his wife always wanted a cat, and when she passes, he goes to the adoption center and adopts the quote-unquote ugliest cat in the adoption center, and they become best friends, and I love it.
0: That sounds very wholesome.
1: It is extremely wholesome. I... I'm tempted every time I read it to send you like a million manga panels of it because I think it's so cute (laughs) and I I feel like you would love it, but I feel like I just want you to read it and experience it on your own. So that's what I'm currently reading amongst other things, but that's what I'm going to talk about.
0: Very awesome. I love it. I'm very excited to read it as well. It seems very cute.
1: It's super cute, super, super duper wholesome, super duper nice. And if you're down in the dumpers, then nothing can lift you out quite like that. What are you reading, Ashley?
0: Um, I'm actually rereading a collection of short stories called Mouthful of Birds by Samantha Schweblin, who is an Argentinian author. And so the stories are translated from Spanish. It's
1: pretty impressive. I could probably only fit fit like one bird in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) So Honestly, like,
1: plural birds, plural. Wow.
0: You need to read this collection because the title is from the headlining story, which is literally about this father who is divorced from his wife as, and the mother of his child. And the the mother calls him over one day and he she's like, something's wrong with our daughter. Watch. And she brings in a sparrow from outside and the daughter like eats it and there's like blood dripping down her face and stuff and that's all she'll eat and so yeah and the mother's like i can't take care of her anymore you need to like take her away and so it's about the father like trying to deal with the daughter's newfound appetite for birds
1: that sounds insane
0: it they're really weird um but they're also really good Um, are all the
1: short stories based on that
0: no They're all, they're all kind of about these different relationships and they're kind of surreal and like nightmarish and stuff, but I absolutely love Samantha Schweblin as an author. This is definitely my favorite collection of short stories and I've been in a short story writing mood lately, so that's why I wanted to reread it. Yes, Um,
1: yes. Do you like it more than um, the Margaret Atwood collection?
0: Well, I mean, Dearly is a poetry collection, so...
1: Oh, it's different, my bad but
0: it's okay i I really do think that you would love these stories, though they're so weird, but awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be super into it as well.
0: so yeah, that's what I'm currently reading.
1: Very epic.
0: Um well, I suppose we should move into Kafka
1: Yes. I don't know if you guys have heard of them before but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean maybe you haven't like yeah honestly, that's if true. you don't read a lot of books and maybe you, maybe you haven't heard of Franz Kafka and that's fine too like I'm not coming at you in any sort of way um but yeah we're doing Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka the big hitter
0: yeah so this is a novella translated from German and it is about our main character Gregor, who is a salesman, and he wakes up one day getting ready to leave for work, and he is shocked to find out that he is turned into a giant bug overnight. And it's basically <laughs> about what happens as a result of his transformation into a bug.
1: Spoiler alert, it's not
0: good. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, and there are so many different ways to read this story it really is There, re- there's so many different
1: ways you could interpret it like um, I guess we'll get into like our how we interpreted it mm-hmm. and then like I don't know like maybe we could try to think of like other ways they might people might be able to interpret it but it's kind of hard to think how other people would do it if you have a specific way that you're thinking about it so but Ashley, do you have a good definition for the term Kafkaesque? Or do you want to talk about that after?
0: Um, I mean, we can talk about... So, I mean, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but I sort of loosely throw around the term Kafkaesque to describe anything that is weird, basically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When I actually... I watched a really good... um, so Ted, like TED Talks, they do these like little mini literature videos, and they did one on Franz Kafka, where they talk about what Kafkaesque means. And while it does mean like something that's nightmarish or strange, it also talked about how Kafka, and this is one reading of the story as well, how Kafka sort of made fun of um, how ridiculous capitalist society is, because so in Metamorphosis our main character is a salesman. And so when he turns into a bug, he can't go into work. And so his boss comes to his house and is basically like knocking on his door, his bedroom door, like trying to get in and find out why he's not coming to work. And at first I didn't like really read that as a key important part of the story. Like I was thinking, oh, that's kind of weird that his boss came to his house looking for him. But, um, but I guess it's sort of a commonality among a lot of kafka's writing where he just pokes fun at the fact that people are obsessed with their careers and like making money and being successful and stuff so that also goes into kafka-esque
1: interesting yeah Yeah, i had no idea i definitely leaned towards the nightmarish theme for sure when i described when i use the word kafka-esque but that uh that makes a lot of sense now that you say that and after reading this book
0: Yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I just didn't pick up on it at first until I read the analysis and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that does, that does make sense. He's sort of like making fun of our, at least Western society's obsession with people being productive human beings.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My initial thought of Gregor was that he has felt so much pressure for providing for his family and stuff turning into a bug. It was almost like, um... A defense mechanism, in a way.
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, I definitely agree. I think that, because I guess we should probably, if you haven't read the story, we should uh, make it yeah. clear that, so he's living with his family, like his, his parents and his sister. And he's still like, he's like a young adult, like probably in his like 20s or 30s. Um, but, so he is basically providing for his entire family with his sales job. Which would, yeah, it would be a lot of pressure,
1: yeah, his family puts a ton of pressure on him to provide and stuff, like like and it goes to show later in the book where they are like forced to provide for themselves, but like they have no clue on how to really do that at first,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think like so another like reading of this book is that. Gregor turning into a bug is sort of a metaphor for him reaching, like, burnout. Yeah, that's, de- yeah. Yeah, like, depression as a result of burnout. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. like, I think that the way that his family treats him, like, especially after he turns into a bug, like, it really points into how people can um, alienate those who with mental illness, like, even if it's within your own family.
1: Right, it's almost like the way what i thought was basically exactly that like he's burnt out from providing he's feeling extreme pressure and he just kind of wants like an escape you know but then he turns into this bug and then um how do i want to put this he it isn't all like he wants the record he almost like wants the recognition it's like almost like them recognize i feel like it's like almost like them recognizing that he does all this stuff could have like made him not a bug anymore, you know what I mean? But they never really recognize his, his like, hard work or anything, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they just sort of expect him to just get it together yeah. and keep going. Like, even at the beginning of the story, so when he initially, like, the morning that he turns into a bug, like, his, he's, like, in his bedroom, and he doesn't want to come out because he is a giant bug, yeah. and... <laughs> He doesn't know what to do. And so he won't open his door. But like his boss is there and his mother is there and they're all like knocking on his door, trying to get him to come out, trying to get him to go to work. And like, I just in any situation, like obviously, even if you hadn't turned into a giant bug, you were just like feeling sick. That would be so much.
1: (laughs) It'd be a lot. Yeah. That's like basically how I felt about the book is that you have your main character, Gregor, and he's working extremely hard to provide for his family but they're not really giving him the recognition that he wants for providing for his family so then this weird thing happens where he turns into a bug where he's literally can't provide for his family anymore and but then that has like its negatives too because then he's a bug and they don't want a bug in their family (laughs) you know yeah
0: exactly i think that like i don't know i thought it was interesting that he turned into an insect because i mean i know sometimes so i used to do this thing like definitely when i was like a kid and even still now i do it like when i'm getting really like overwhelmed with stuff that i have to do for like school or whatever i like will, like when i go for like a walk i'll be like oh my gosh i wonder what it'd be like like sometimes i wish i could just be a bird or like something else <laughs> yeah. they have no worries like they're exactly. just surviving and so um I actually found out later in my program when they teach us about burnout and like the signs of it that wishing that you were like another being other than a human is a sign of burnout <laughs> yeah
1: that like, yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs>
0: um so yeah I thought that that was interesting that that happened in this text as well. Just that, it's yeah, it's like a defense mechanism basically.
1: I definitely would have picked something other than a bug, but I yeah, I does. would not have
0: wanted to turn into a giant bug because I would be disgusted with myself. Honestly,
1: <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, is it is that how you kind of saw it too, or like how did you how did you read this book? Like how how did it portray itself to you?
0: I guess. I mean, upon first reading, um, I thought it was, I just sort of took it for what it was. Like, I know there's a lot of readings of this story that are, that say that he doesn't actually turn into a bug. It's just like sort of a metaphor for something else. But I think like I read it as he actually does. And um, I just sort of took it as at, I guess, face value upon initial reading. But I think that it's. To me the most meaningful part of the story was how his family just like never never is there to support him at all. And it's just it and I don't think it's like I don't think it's a story about how families can be unsupportive. I think it's a story about how this need for all of us to be like productive and mm. to provide and how we like put so much value into people being able to like contribute and make money and I think that it's sort of like speaks to this larger meaning of like all of a sudden Gregor can't work he can't contribute to the family he's sort of just this like giant disgusting thing in their house and they don't know how to deal with him Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden like he's not treated as like a human being anymore which he's not he's a bug but like he still has human consciousness and stuff and even like even as like Gregor is like aware of his own disgustingness in a sense like he always he'll like hide on purpose when they come in to, like, give him some food because they know that they don't like to see him and they're, like, grossed out by him yeah, and stuff.
1: it's like he's not a, he's not proud of what he's become, you know? Like
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I didn't really, like, attach any huge meaning to it until afterwards, but I guess I read it as a, a metaphor for having a family member who's experiencing some sort of mental illness.
1: Yeah. I viewed it as, like, the bug as a metaphor for... Ad- It's like... That was him... Like, him, like, being, like, extremely depressed... But not being... Like, from not being able to, like, provide for his family... And it just gets worse and worse... And he kind of just, like... Is, like, a steady decline with his, like, mental health... Until... Basically... And they... I lost my train of thought... But you know what I mean? Like... He... He starts off... And It's, like... He was overwhelmed. It felt like, and then it kind of, when you get stuck in a rut, you can just it can just get slowly worse, and worse over time, and I feel like I saw that with especially with his relationship with his sister as well too, because she at first really wanted to seemed like she really wanted to help him, and stuff, but then eventually she got sick of it as well. I feel like maybe that could be another metaphor for, how some people. To deal with people that have mental health and stuff, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, they can get burnt out with that kind of stuff, too. So, that's kind of how I viewed it, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that I, no, I agree with that for sure. Cause his sister definitely, like, is the one who reaches out and tries to, like, care for him and, like, bring him food and make him feel more comfortable and stuff. But yeah, she definitely, she even is like, I can't do this anymore. She so, starts
1: yeah. to view him as a burden. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> It's a, th- it's a, you could, there's so much that you could talk about, honestly.
0: I feel like it is significant that he turns into a bug of all things, because I think when, you know, for anybody who's experienced mental illness themselves, I think sometimes from the outside looking in, it can, it's a lot different from like what, you're, obviously what you're experiencing on the inside. And I think when you're ex- like experiencing something like depression, you, are as you're as disgusted with yourself as you are with the outside world
1: you're not viewing yourself as a beautiful bird or butterfly you're viewing yourself as not something positive but something negative so that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah and like and that obviously like comes through too i think yeah when he's trying to just like hide himself away because he knows that he doesn't he's just like his seeing him his family seeing him upsets them and so he like hides himself away basically which i think is um a real experience as well for people who struggle with mental illness for sure that's how i viewed it
1: but i don't know there's there's probably tons of different ways that you could read this book and like interpret it and like like so many different metaphors for like his situation and like why he could possibly have turned into a bug but it's a crazy book honestly
0: <laughs> and I think too like when so like you know that one point when he like escapes from the room and everyone's yeah. freaking out and stuff yeah I think that like when you if you're reading this from the um, it being a metaphor for mental illness I feel like you could almost read that as you know I think that a lot of times when people who in your circle don't necessarily understand what living with a mental illness is like they want you to be cured Mm -hmm. they want you to be like oh this is gone like i'm cured of this it's not coming back which in this story would be like gregor turning back into a human and not being a bug anymore yeah but i think that like when he escapes and he's like kind of crawling around the walls of the house and like maybe he like feels a little bit free and he feels a little better it would it could be read as like a metaphor for him learning to live with a mental illness but not necessarily being cured and his family doesn't know how to deal with that
1: (laughs) no not at all and they just they kind of want to like act like it doesn't exist
0: i mean i think the story is fantastic and not just for like what it represents but also it speaks to how um like a lot of stuff that i read to understand more about like Kafka's writing. like he's very matter of fact. like even though the story is very weird, mm-hmm. it's not written in a whimsical way. It's just like, no. this happened and then this and then I was a bug, and that this happened. Yeah. <laughs> and um, some people's like I think interpretation of that from what I was reading is that he purposely writes in a matter of fact way with weird stuff while well, weird stuff is happening because it kind of like speaks to, The general like insanity of society Mm -hmm. where like there's all sorts of crazy things happening but we just sort of like keep going you know we keep going to work we keep going to school we just keep moving (laughs)
1: yeah it doesn't matter the world could be burning and you just be like gotta go to work
0: (laughs) exactly and so like i thought that was interesting i was like "Ah, that's so true because his like his writing is like nightmarish and like i hate bugs so it was really creepy to read about like his legs and stuff like (laughs) turning into beetle legs but like it was so matter of fact like
1: (laughs) well yeah you compare it to like uh, how people deal with the whole covid situation that we're in right now you know and lack thereof yeah like it what it Maybe like the initial shock maybe lasted like a couple months and then people just kept going on with their lives unless you're like, like directly affected. You're just like, I'm just going to keep going to work and living life normally, even though this huge pandemic's going to go is going on. So like that, that makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there was like the, they play this one infographic in that uh TED video about him where it was like all of these people walking in a line with suits and briefcases and they look exactly the same and they're just like walking to their office building and like sitting in their cubicles and like doing their work every day. And I like Kafka's view on that is like, that is insanity. Like, what are you doing? That's not a meaningful life, but people just continue because that's like what you're supposed to, supposed to do. That's what means. That's what's productive. That's what like, so he like his argument, I think was that normal life even if there's nothing crazy crazy happening quote-unquote is still like insanity
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah it's insane that you you want to do that basically
0: yeah and just that, like that's what a society like views as an ideal mm-hmm. you know um yeah so i think it's like it's such a simple story but yet yeah, it can so complex <laughs>
1: honestly what was what it like 80 pages how many pages was yeah, f- it like the it's very short like i
0: think it's 80, like 80 or 100
1: yeah and it was honestly like i i loved it honestly it was to me it was so such a cool story like it was like it was i listened to it on audiobook and then i i read it as well because i felt like i had to i felt like i had to read it and ingest it twice to like kind of try to get the full picture even though, which is so weird because like we say it's so short like you're like how like how much could really be in there there's a lot to unpack in this book we could probably talk about it forever but we don't want to you know have a six hour in-depth conversation as a podcast so we're just talking about what we like in our initial thoughts but I thought it was I definitely. Awesome
0: um reading this and starting to understand kafka's writing a little bit more and like this is still like just scratching the surface Mm. because kafka has so many more like um famous works like the trial and stuff like this but um i really want to take that um u of t continuing ed course now about kafka and the kafka-esque so i can learn more
1: (laughs) yeah that'd be awesome i definitely am gonna read more of his stories like a hundred percent
0: also, I keep switching, forth, switching back and forth between saying Kafka and Kafka, and I don't actually know which one it is.
1: Oh, yeah, I actually don't know either. How have I been saying it?
0: I don't even, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure both, uh, you know, I, if this was, uh, if you could leave comments, I'd say leave a comment down below. How to pronounce it. <laughs> oh, but you can't, so... Um, we probably pronounce it in like three different ways and i apologize but
0: me too oh
1: i I actually have no idea how you pronounce it
0: i mean final thoughts on this book i definitely think i mean it's not even a book it's a novella it's a short story for god's sakes yeah um i think that if you have the chance to read it it's readily accessible on the internet i think it's available for free i would highly recommend um reading it it's a good sample of Of Kafka's writing and it's just an interesting story and I think Kafka has influenced so many um more modern writers today like Mm -hmm. Murakami etc etc so many other authors Mm -hmm. um but I think that I like to understand who has influenced more modern authors so I think this this story helps do that as well
1: yeah my final thoughts I think it's a extremely cool book that touches on really interesting topics like human feelings and guilt and isolation and depression and mental illness, like all in like this little compact book and it's done in such an interesting and fun way, weird word to use, I know, but it it was a fun read and it was, and you can, maybe you guys will interpret it in different ways, but I think that's the beauty of this book is that um, it can be interpreted in many ways and it probably, we probably haven't even thought of 1% of the ways that people could think about it. So that's why I think it's so awesome. Um, I gave it a five out of five. I thought it was amazing. Um, So yeah, what did you give it?
0: I give it a four out of five, I believe.
1: Yes. Nice. nice. Ashley's tougher yes. to please than me.
0: <laughs> I mean, to me, it's, it's. I think it's more because it's so short, like. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's I, why I, I just like tougher it to please
1: because it's so short, and it's the way the fact that it's so short when it covers so many different things is extremely impressive to me.
0: No, that's fair. Actually, I appreciate that Mm -hmm. interpretation because
1: it could be longer like i feel like i wouldn't hate it if it was longer but i appreciate its shortness and uh, it's small compact easy to read no excuses you can read it you could read it in how long maybe an hour if you really wanted to
0: oh yeah an hour and you can be woken up and understand what it's like to be a cog in the capitalist machine. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: You can become woke in yeah. under an hour. Yeah.
1: If you, In order to become <laughs> the wokest of the wokesters, you must read the metamorphosis by Kafka. If you do not read the metamorphosis by Kafka, you cannot be truly woken to the wokeness of the woke world.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... Don't get us wrong, this is Brit and I literally like flapping around discussing literature, that, like a piece of literature that's been studied for yeah. over a century now, and we're just trying to give our interpretations with like absolutely no um, academic background in it. So. Yeah,
1: we're, this, listen, this is a book talk. We're going to talk about what we want, <laughs> how we want it. Don't come here expecting some in-depth uh, peer-reviewed article on the metamorphosis because you'll be greatly disappointed but hopefully you'll still have a great time
0: yeah catch our reference list in the show notes (laughs) jk apa
1: seventh. yeah 7th edition you won't see any mistakes (laughs) this is this podcast is going to be cited for future research articles it's going to be amazing
0: you know what? This is the beauty of four of the pages, though. We go from talking about sexual tensions in City of Brass to unpacking metamorphosis, you know? It's a wild ride. You never know what you're going to get.
1: <laughs> from educational to horny. It's all over the
0: place. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, should we do our final reviews of our beer?
1: Yeah, uh, beer review. Okay, uh, Bianca from Omnipolo is, it's okay, it's not my favorite, if I'm gonna be honest. It's really, it's really sweet. I feel like you might like this one, but Oh, it doesn't, it's not beery enough for me. I don't know. It's like, it literally kind of tastes like blueberry pancakes, which is fine, but it's not, it's not my favorite, but. It's not bad. So I am going to give my final review as a 6.5 out of 10.
0: Okay. Honestly, yeah, it sounds really good. I think I might like it because, you know, I like beer that doesn't actually taste like beer. So It's
1: probably a (laughs) 6.5 for me. Probably a 10 out of 10 for Ashley. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, definitely would go with my sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. I... Today at work, I ordered a caramel macchiato on my break, and one of my colleagues turned to me and they were like, I don't understand how you can consume so many sweet things in one day.
1: <laughs> what else did you have?
0: Well, I also, I mean, I also had a cookie, and I think that was it. So, like, it wasn't, that was like, a, that's like a modest day for me. But <laughs>
1: that is pretty modest, yeah. They must have caught, yeah. caught you slipping up a couple times while at work.
0: I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so the, my final review on Sun Blank Berry Sour from Cannery Brewing. It's actually really good. It's a really good sour. I. Berry sours are good.
1: I, um, see, I tend. I like berry sours, but continue. Sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Um, I think it's good. Berry sours do tend to like. I find they taste similar across like many different brewing companies because the berry taste is like just so strong yeah but this beer is it's good i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten um Mm -hmm. maybe an extra 0.5 just because the label is fabulous like i wish you guys could see it (laughs) google google it it has hummingbirds on it
1: yeah it's a beautiful can i think what i dislike about this one is the maple flavor interesting maple in a in beer to me is not working out honestly
0: i don't know if i've I've ever tried a maple undertone in a beer so i don't know if it was just
1: blueberry i feel like i would love it but there's like yeah it's like maple plus it kind of has like a weird pancake taste (laughs) so it's like it's interesting (laughs) but interesting yeah uh if it was just blueberry i feel like i'd be all aboard but
0: (laughs) well Thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it to the end, thank you. We appreciate you as always. And if you want to support our podcast, uh, please subscribe, tell a friend about us. Um, we really appreciate it. And we love to hear your feedback. So yeah, feel free to comments. reach out to
1: us. Leave some comments in the the Instagram posts. Uh, give us some recommendations even. Like if there's a book that you guys want to read for the month, um, Post it on one of our monthly book posts and we can try to go out of our way to make it one of our monthly books. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe making a discord one day soon so people can throw ideas off each other in there. Don't know if we have enough listeners for that right now, but hey, why not give it a shot? Um, Exactly. Because that would be a good little community builder where we could have people post ideas or even like vote on like what books to read for the month and stuff and it could get a lot more interactive so that's what i'm thinking about trying to put together so um there's no real way for you guys to tell me if you're interested in that or not but stay tuned i mean besides instagram (laughs) yeah i mean stay tuned i'll probably do it honestly i feel like it's a really good idea so
0: i mean i don't know anything about discord but you go (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm in a couple of discords for various things, various hobbies. So, and I, I like it cause you get notifications when people post things and you can keep up to date with, with what your favorite creators are doing and stuff. So I think it's a good idea.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, so stay tuned for that and stay tuned for our next book of the month episode. We are not going to be doing an in-between episode, um, this month because we are in exams finals um but stay tuned for our bedlam stacks book of the month episode coming out sometime soon we'll keep you posted
1: well yeah we're a little swamped with school so forgive us we haven't really been keeping to a schedule but that's okay
0: (laughs) that is all good and thank you so much for tuning in and we're signing off
1: (laughs) until next time sayonara